the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Ukraine reports Russian tanks can no longer be repaired due to sanctions. The performance of their ground forces just just hasn't even measured up. The second day of hearings for Supreme Court nominee Ketanji Brown-Jackson. Listed CRT is one of the considerations that a judge should give when they're making their decision. Governor Ron DeSantis makes Florida the latest state to require financial literacy for its high school students. To be able to be well-versed in financial literacy, that is going to help you. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast, your first look at today's top stories for Wednesday, March 23rd. I'm Mike Scott. We're keeping an eye on Ukraine as forces say they have retaken a strategically important suburb of the capital from Russian forces. Meantime, Russia's attack on the embattled southern port of Mariupol raged unabated. Fleeing civilians described relentless bombardments and corpses lying in that city's streets. While Russian forces carried on with the siege of Mariupol Tuesday, the Kremlin's ground offensive in other parts of the country advanced slowly or not at all. Russian President Vladimir Putin's forces are increasingly concentrating their air power and artillery on Ukraine cities and civilians living there killing uncounted numbers and sending millions fleeing. White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan says President Biden will announce more punishment for Russia while in Europe this week. He will join our partners in imposing further sanctions on Russia and tightening the existing sanctions to crack down on evasion and to ensure robust enforcement. Meanwhile, reports are surfacing from Ukraine that Russia, due to foreign sanctions, are running out of parts to repair their tanks. Considering how tanks have been prized targets for Ukraine, it's conceivable that Russian demand for replacement parts has quickly soared far beyond what the country is able to supply. General Jack Keane, Fox News contributor and chairman of the Institute for the Study of War, Join the Salem Radio Network to discuss the latest news from Ukraine and what he believes will come next. In his opinion, what effect are Russia's troops having in Ukraine currently? It's an indicator of the problem that they certainly have in Ukraine with the, the forces they have already deployed there. They, they've taken uh, considerably higher casualties than they expected. And in addition to that, the performance of their ground forces just just hasn't even measured up. Keen believes there is a reason why we're hearing about the deaths of Russian commanders. One of the reasons why there are reported deaths among generals and regimental commanders would be at the, the colonel level um, is because of the combat refusals that's taken place inside their ranks. And the fact that the, these leaders have to go get down on the ground and 
and force them into combat as, as part of what has taken place. Keene also says that part of Russia's tactical problem is they tried to attack Ukraine from too many sides all at once. To attack on four act, independent axes, neither one of them supporting uh, each other, requires each axis to have significant logistical infrastructure to sustain it and also to have air power to support it. Uh, and that absolutely puts a huge strain uh, on your logistics and also on, on your air power. So does Keene believe that Vladimir Putin has found any success in Ukraine? What well, we believe at the Institute for the Study of War, that is that his initial political objective and why he was conducting the military campaign to, uh, to accomplish that objective was to topple the regime and, and change out to a pro-Russian uh, Ukrainian government. And that's not going to happen. Uh, that he, he's failed at that mission. So that, that initial mission uh, is not there. And in his opinion, how could the United States better assist the people in that war-torn country? They don't have anti-ship missiles, which is something they've requested from us, and, and we have not given them. For the life of me, I do not understand it. What a blow it would have been. I mean, they offloaded two amphibious uh, ships worth of uh, Naval Infantry Brigade, the 810th Naval Infantry Brigade, their best one they have in their arsenal, to help in the siege of Mariupol. And they could have blasted those two ships, and what what a blow that would have been. General Keene says the Biden administration isn't being strong enough in their position on aid to Ukraine. Every weapon that the Ukrainians are using uh, is a is a defensive weapon at that point. Everything. Right. Uh, Air power, missiles, tanks, it doesn't make any difference. Anti-ship weapons, all defensive. And for some reason, they've absolutely misconstrued this. And they keep keep being afraid uh, and paralyzed by the fear of escalation, even over selected weapon systems like what I just discussed, harpoons, or the bigs. it makes no sense. And it weakens uh, NATO's position as a result of it. And despite Russia's inability to take Ukraine, General Keene doesn't think Putin will pull out his troops anytime soon. I, I think he's, he's determined, based on what I see outside of Kiev, he's dug in his artillery, dug in uh, his mechanized units. Uh, they're not leaving. They can't take Kiev, but they're not leaving either. I, I do think what we got to keep an eye on is... If and when Mariupol falls, will they be able to take that success that they've had there in the east and the south and use some of those forces to go west to take Odessa and also to go north to assist with the the siege of Kiev? Our assessment at ISW is that based on the casualties, they will not be able to generate that kind of combat momentum. In other words, their casualties that they've had in this fight in the south around Mariupol. Facing Republican senators' pointed questions, Supreme Court nominee Ketanji Brown-Jackson forcefully defended her record as a federal judge Tuesday and declared she will rule from a position of neutrality if confirmed as the first black woman on the high court. During the Senate Judiciary Committee hearing, Texas Senator Ted Cruz says Supreme Court Justice-designate Ketanji Brown-Jackson's approach to sentencing child sex predators 
is alarming. As I listen to your testimony, I believe you are someone who is compassionate. I believe you care for children, obviously your children and other children. But I also see a record of activism and advocacy as it concerns sexual predators that stems back decades and that is concerning. In her testimony before the committee, Supreme Court Justice-designate Brown Jackson says child pornography cases are awful. In every case, I did my duty to hold the defendants accountable in light of the evidence and the information that was presented to me. South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham quizzed the justice-designate about her religious faith. Do you attend church regularly? Well, Senator, I am reluctant to talk about my faith in this way just because I want to be um, mindful of the need for the public to uh, have confidence in my ability to separate out my personal views. Nebraska Senator Ben Sass says it would seem the Supreme Court justice-designate will be confirmed after a tough process. Judge, you are likely to go on to serve a lifetime appointment on the Supreme Court, which means that this is very likely the last job interview you ever have. Um, And the most public, Senator. Yeah, (laughs) these processes are a lot like a proctology exam. Tennessee Republican Senator Marsha Blackburn joined the Hugh Hewitt Show to discuss her thoughts on the hearing so far and what concerns her about Brown Jackson's judicial record. As I've been through her writings and her speeches and opinions, I have found that she made a statement where she felt like judges had personal hidden agendas. So I'm going to discuss that with her. I also want to know where she is on parental rights and um, on CRT, which she had, she's been on a school board that has supported progressive education in CRT, even had a curriculum called Woke Kindergarten and a class for parents, as they did, on white privilege. And with transgender and biological males competing against females, uh, parental rights are vitally important. Blackburn says... It's not only Brown Jackson's support of critical race theory that has her concerned. I'm also going to deal with her on some of these issues where she's been soft on crime. Very concerned about her work for some of the Gitmo detainees. Very concerned about her approach and her statement that she would have allowed 1,500 criminals to be removed from federal custody during COVID-19. The Tennessee senator says she is concerned about Brown Jackson's backing of progressive education. We're very concerned about CRT being used in the school. She also had listed CRT as one of the considerations that a judge should give when they're making their decision. Uh, And that, coupled with judicial philosophy, uh, not being able to define a judicial philosophy, uh, that being coupled with her participation on the board, and that it has been very supportive of progressive education, uh, this infusion of CRT into, you know, how, how do you separate that when you get into mandating certain things have to be have to be brought forward. It's, it's part of the concern for us. 
New York's 9-11 Tribute Museum is poised to close within weeks. Daybreak Insider's Ed Donahue joins us with details on that story. The 9-11 Tribute Museum dates back to 2004 at the site of a former deli, steps away from ground zero. Five million visitors have been through the museum, but co-founder and CEO Jennifer Adams-Webb says the coronavirus has hurt business. The outlook for the Tribute Museum is not good, but... We are still hoping that a champion could step forward. Adams-Webb sees a window of opportunity. It is in the millions, but it's not insurmountable. The 9-11 Tribute Museum relies heavily on admission and tour fees. I'm Ed Donahue. A bill signed by Governor Ron DeSantis on Tuesday will require all Florida children to take and pass a basic financial literacy course to graduate from high school. If they go the university route, uh, postgraduate, any of that, they're still going to need these skills. If they go right into the workforce, they're still going to need these skills. And so any different uh, endeavor that you do uh, to be able to be well-versed in financial literacy, that is going to help you. Florida State Representative Matt Wilhite, a Democrat, says that bipartisan support for the bill shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone. Uh, obviously, the financial literacy of our children and their future is, is very beneficial. Um, and so this is offering to take a half a credit from their electives and make it a full uh, required class for any of our students. Um, and so there's support because we recognize how important it is to make sure that kids understand the value of money and, and what it's used for and, and make sure they're, they're stable and they can, uh, you know, when they're working or buy a home or, or things like that, that they'll understand the, the value of the, of the dollar. Will Hyde says that with today's technology, it's important now more than ever to give our children a head start. A lot of people with, with technology today are not using um, uh, bank statements or checks and stuff as much as electronically and stuff. So this would probably bring it back a step for them and help them understand how to manage it and understand uh, a balance. Uh, you can only take so much out as what's going in. So right. I think this would probably really help our students. And I do have two young children in, in public school right now. And, you know, we try and talk to them and show them the value of a dollar and understand to be fiscally responsible. And so hopefully this would help some of our future generations. Worth a half credit, the course will be required beginning in the 2023-2024 school year. There's a big business deal being struck that is expected to bring hundreds of jobs to the state of Maryland. Daybreak Insider's Ron DeRoxtra has that story. Governor Larry Hogan says Hitachi Rail plans a $70 million factory employing hundreds of people in western Maryland as part of a U.S. expansion. Hitachi expects to employ up to 460 people at the factory in Hagerstown and sustain 1,300 jobs in the region. Officials say the new facility will help Hitachi fulfill its $2.2 billion contract with the Washington Metropolitan Area Transit Authority to build its new fleet of rail cars. Rhonda Rockster reporting. City of Miami Beach officials have declared a state of emergency and an upcoming curfew. They're bidding to try and curb violent incidents at spring break. That saw five people wounded in two separate shootings. Miami Beach Mayor Dan Gelber says there will be a curfew put in place after the shootings. The reason why we need to take this action is we just simply cannot have people coming to our city and having to worry about uh, being shot. Gelber says about 100 guns have been seized over the past four weeks and several police officers have been hurt 
while trying to control the spring break crowds. Our city is well past its end point. What we're watching and what we're feeling and what we're observing is simply unacceptable at every level. Gelber went on to say the city is not interested at all in the violence that accompanies spring break. We don't ask for spring break. We don't promote it. We don't encourage it. Uh, We just endure it. And frankly, uh, it's not something we want to endure. We don't want spring break. And finally, a hospice nurse has revealed what she has learned from caring for people who are dying. Julie uses her TikTok account to help educate people on death, busting myths, and sharing experiences she's had on the job. In one video posted on her account, the hospice nurse revealed the common regrets her patients have had. How to not have regrets at the end of your life. As a hospice nurse and death and dying educator, people ask me this question all the time, and here's what I've found in general. Most people at the end of their life have regrets about not appreciating their health, not appreciating being alive, the little things, working their life away, and not spending more time with family. This is very general, but that is what most people say to me who are on hospice and dying. So that tells me to be in the moment, live presently, be grateful. Don't take for granted your health and uh, little things about living life. Don't work your life away if you don't have to or make it so you don't have to. And spend time with those you love. Not necessarily family, but those you love and who make you feel loved. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.